once again, and welcome to Be Boomer Unleashed, episode 138, Just Good News, Journal Entry 34, Part 1. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Be Boomer Unleashed. Before we get into today's episode, let me remind you where you can always find us. You can find us at beboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio. You can find the link to our podcast on Facebook, Spotify, Instagram, or Twitter. If you can't find it in any of those places, just Google Be Boomer Unleashed, and it'll show up somewhere where you listen to podcasts. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at beboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's beboomerunleashed at gmail.com with your comments, questions, criticisms, suggestions for future episodes. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast, drop us an email. We'll do our best to get them on the air. Well, today's episode, like I say, episode 138, we have a very special guest today, as we all our guests are special. We have Pastor Kerry Schmidt with us from Emmanuel Baptist Church in Newington, Connecticut. You remember we spent several weeks going through a little book called Done, D-O-N-E, and Brother Kerry is the author of that book and several more books, and he is also the senior pastor at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Newington, Connecticut. And we've asked Brother Kerry to come on to the podcast today and talk a little bit about his ministry there in Connecticut and about God's guidance in his life and a little bit about his book and the other books he's written and basically just how we as Christians can find joy in these perilous times. And we do live in perilous times, don't we? And what a thrill it was to be able to talk with Pastor Kerry. And we'll probably split this one up into two episodes. We'll have part one today and part two next week. And I hope you'll tune in and enjoy both parts. So without uh, wasting any more time, let's go straight to that recorded interview with Pastor Kerry Schmidt now. Well, we have a real special guest with us today on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast, uh, Pastor Kerry Schmidt from up in Connecticut. And he's taken time out of his busy schedule to talk to this old hillbilly West Virginia boy today. And uh, Brother Kerry, if you'll remember, uh, we uh, spent about uh, 10 episodes uh, going through each chapter of his book and and uh, what a tremendous witnessing tool it is and what good news it is. And uh, we're just honored to have him on the broadcast today. So, Brother Kerry, welcome to uh, Be Boomer Unleashed. Well, hello, Jerry. Thank you for inviting me to come and talk, and I'm just looking forward to the conversation. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, tell us a little bit about your church up there in Connecticut. Uh, tell us about your ministry there. Sure. Well, Emmanuel is over 100 years old as a church, um, and for about uh, 70 of those years, it, uh, there was just real strong health. It was a strong gospel witness in New England, and for about 30 years, it experienced a long road of decline and just uh, struggled. And the folks that have been here that long over those 30 years would say it was a hard 30 years. And they were praying when they lost their pastor nine years ago. They're praying for a revival and renewal. And God just did a providential work in my life and my wife's life. We didn't know anything about Emmanuel at the time. And we'd never been to Connecticut in our lives. But God directed us to New England. 
and uh, called us to leave a large church in Southern California and come to about 100 people in Newington. And Emmanuel at the time had a big building in disrepair and a big parking lot and uh, just a handful of people that were faithfully praying they wouldn't have to sell it or somehow get rid of it. And uh, we came and, and, you know, we didn't really know what to do except for preach the gospel and love people. And that was nine years ago. And we prayed that God would help us to multiply disciples. Uh, and nine years later, we just we just thank the Lord. We have a thriving, healthy church and uh, our school is healthy as well. And wonderful team of people that serve the Lord with us. And uh, I'm just so thankful for a faithful core of people that never never gave up hope on Emmanuel Baptist Church. I always believed that God would still revive the church and bless the gospel, and that's what he's done. So I'm just trying to follow the Lord and lead others to do the same, and God seems to be uh, always surprising us with the next thing he does. You know, that's pretty awesome. You know, that's, that's not a uncommon story today as far as yeah. declines of uh, churches and I know in my little uh, community I, I'm a member of the the Gideons International and uh, we mm-hmm. uh, and we have we service a lot of churches in our camp we have about a, a little over a hundred uh, little over a hundred churches there that we uh, uh, deal with and as of today unless there have been some more today. As of today, we have about 30 churches without a pastor. And that's mm. just that, that's just sad. And, you know, as I, as I look around, um, uh, who's going to replace these guys? I mean, uh, you know, uh, right. it's the, it seems like the younger generation, there are some great kids out there. There's no doubt about it. we got some in our church, but surrendering to the ministry is a, a, is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, uh, I just, you know, admire anybody who will take a, a floundering church and and move forward with it. And it's it's great that God uh, God called you up there, and uh, kind of a uh, New England kind of a liberal area, really, and it's, uh, not really yeah. real Christian friendly, is it? It is not. In fact, uh, Hartford, I read last week, is the seventh most biblically illiterate. Not a post-Christian city in America, and we're 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 a suburb of Hartford. We're ten minutes from the capital, and um, so New England is dark and uh, and secular. But you know what they say that cliche. It's a little cliche, but the darker the night, the brighter the light, right? And right. We found that most people have never heard the gospel, and those who think they know what Christianity is have an idea of Christianity that's that's mostly Catholic. And so we have found a steady stream of seeking hungry hearts and people that are more than receptive to the gospel. I mean, there's, Jerry, there's hardly, I don't think there's been a week in nine years where somebody hasn't trusted Christ as Savior. And there hasn't been a month where we haven't seen at least five or 10 and usually 15 or 20 people following baptism. And it's just been, it's been all we can do to keep up with the discipleship, to be honest with you, because we have a lot of new believers so there's a tremendous opportunity here in New England. Even though it's dark, the gospel is powerful, and lives are being changed. Well, you know, I was reading over in Matthew this morning, and uh, 
you know, Jesus, when he sent his uh, apostles out, he said, you know, I'm sending the, you sheep among wolves, and you know, mm -hmm. they, they're not going to like what you have to say. And, right. you, you know, I saw a, an interesting uh, post on uh, Facebook the other day or uh, Twitter or someplace somebody had posted on there. The first caption says, if you were really like Jesus, you wouldn't offend anybody. And the follow-up says, <laughs> the, the, follow, the follow-up said, Jesus was crucified because he offended everybody. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, but, uh, you know, Jesus, I think, is the great divider. You know, really, I mean, mm -hmm. there, there's no middle ground with Jesus. It's either you know, you love him or you don't. And, uh, That's right. and, and as, as people witness, they can't expect everybody to feel warm and fuzzy about that, can they? That's exactly right. And, you know, it's one thing to offend people with our preferences or traditions or personalities or, you know, non-essential things, our right. disposition. Um, but it's another thing entirely to speak the truth and love and let the truth, let the truth create its own division, you know, and, um, and that's kind of how we approach it at Emmanuel. We try to shine the most uh, loving, positive, um, beautiful light that we, well, let me say it this way. We try to shine the clearest, brightest light on Jesus that we can, and he is beautiful. Amen. So we don't have to try to make Jesus beautiful. But um, frankly, you're right. Some people don't want to be confronted with the reality of sin and their need for a savior, their accountability to God. Um, and the idea that they can't save themselves, that that becomes offensive to people. And in Jesus' day, it, it surely did. He offended pretty much, I mean, before it was all said and done, he offended everybody, you know? Yes. And, and even those who loved him were deeply disappointed in him. Um, and then he went and recovered them after the resurrection. And they, you know, they finally began to understand what he was really doing. But um, I think even followers of Jesus, Jerry, and this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but even, you know, we come to Jesus for salvation, and that's a free gift, and we receive it by grace through faith. But then shortly thereafter, Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Right. And discipleship is costly. And he said, whosoever would save his life will lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. And I just wrote a book about that verse, but Really, any, anybody that's going to truly decide, I love Jesus and I am going to follow him, it, it's, that, is, um, that is a step towards loss because to follow Jesus, you have to lose your own ideas. You have to lose your own script of life and your own dream. He's not a path to your dreams. He is, he's, he's on his own mission and is building his own kingdom. And so to, to follow him, you really, he, he is offensive at some points. Um, I got to say, as a follower of Jesus, there comes some times he's asked me to do some things at first that were offensive. Coming to Connecticut was offensive to me. <laughs> and, and I tried to get him to change his mind, and I tried to negotiate every way I could. But his call was clear, and he just said to me, obey me or not. But this is not up for negotiation. Uh, so anyway, I'm sorry I got down that rabbit trail. No, that's, that's, that's great. No, that's a good one. And and you know, uh, you know, he he tells his followers. He says, "Hey, you know, look, if the world hates you, you got to understand it hated me long time before it hated you." And that's right. Uh, we, uh, uh, you know, he put us. You know, if we as we read over in Acts, and he tells us, uh, "You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me." 
And yeah. what what happens to that witness? If we do that witness in love and we present the gospel clearly and somebody turns that down, that's not on us. That's on them, you know. That's right. But we're that's right. we're supposed to we're supposed to be that light. We're supposed to be the salt right. and the light of the world, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. wow, it's just um, serving uh, serving Jesus is. And you know, a lot of these guys you see them on TV. This health and wealth gospel, you know. Oh, do this, and you'll wear a five thousand dollar suit, and you'll have Rolexes and Mercedes and all that stuff, you know. That's that's not the Jesus we serve. It's really not. No, scammers. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of lot of charlatans out there. Well, listen, it's kind of a good segue into this little book that we've just finished up uh, reading uh, to our listeners. There, uh, entitled "Done," and uh, mm-hmm. you kind of divide uh, uh, religions of the world into two categories: those that you got to do something, and those that uh, it's done for you, and. The problem is, and you talked about the Catholic Church and a lot of that influence up there, there are so many religions out there that want you to do something to earn your way into heaven, and that's, that's mm-hmm. just not possible. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly right. Um, I don't know who originated that idea that there's only two religions in the world, do and done. It's certainly not original with me, but, um, but I, was on a, I was on a follow-up visit one night uh, years ago and I was visiting a family that were coming out of a Hindu background, polytheistic background, you know, many, many gods, and Jesus may be a good teacher uh, in their minds. And we sat down, and it was the whole family. It was six or eight people in the family, uh, parents and um, adult children and teens. And my two boys were with me, and they were, they were elementary age and junior high at the time. And... We shared the gospel that night, and very carefully over about an hour, hour and a half, we methodically broke down the message of the Bible, that it's not a works-based salvation, it's not performance-based, it's grace-based, it's unconditional, it's a gift that was provided by Jesus. We don't do anything to receive it, we simply, uh, it's been done, and we accept the fact that it's been done. We place our faith in that. And those people, the whole family that night, out their heads and trust Jesus Christ as Savior. It was one of my favorite memories with my boys growing up. And we got in the car when we were done. And of course, we were celebrating, and my boys were so happy to see that. And I just felt very impressed of the Spirit of God to quickly notate um, how He had led me to share the gospel with these people. And because it was a very unusual approach. I didn't just go straight through like the Romans road or something like that. And I, doc- I wrote that down real quick, just on the back of a piece of paper. And um, it was, I don't know, a few days later, the Lord just, just put on my heart, hey, sit down and write that out in, in a hundred page small book that somebody could read maybe in an hour or so, you know, something more than a tract, but something less than a full length book. And uh, so the result of it was that little book done. And uh, God has just taken that booklet to so many places. It's over a million copies now. And it's hardly a week that goes by that I don't hear from somebody that they trusted Christ because of that little booklet. So I just thank the Lord for how he's blessed and used it. Well, that's an amazing story. I I was sharing with you earlier before we uh, started the broadcast, my son, who's a pastor up here in northern Ohio, 
he um, he gives he they have a little gift pack that they give all their new visitors, and your book done is right in that pack, and uh, they they use it uh, they use it a lot, and uh, it's just a just a good book. Uh, but you know, some people even when you present it to them that clearly, um, I have a, a young lady. Um, uh, she's uh, Chinese, and my wife and I have become good friends with she and her husband, and her husband's a believer, and she isn't. She was raised up as a Chinese mm-hmm. communist and atheist, you know. And, uh, you know, you present that gospel, uh, you um, do it lovingly, uh, and sometimes, you know, uh, we just got to take God at his word, just keep that word going out, and someday it's going to sink in, and and maybe right. maybe maybe she gets saved. Maybe she doesn't. But at least even when you have a difficult case like that, you gotta keep, gotta keep going back to the basics. Going back to the basics that uh, right. you know Jesus Jesus is the way. He's the, he's the only yeah. way. And uh, it's uh, it's uh, you know it's 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 a great story. And you you know you just never get tired of telling it. You know I mean exactly. That's and, right. And uh, but. Um, People uh, back in the Jesus day, they they didn't like him. They didn't like the, the apostles, those disciples who were preaching and teaching the Jesus word. But you know, it uh, we just got to keep at it. Now that you've written, right. you've written several books, haven't you, Pastor Kerry? I have. I, I don't even know the number. I think it's over somewhere around twelve or thirteen. My most recent book is available pretty much everywhere it's it it was published by moody publishers and it's called stop trying how to receive not achieve your real identity and it's based on that verse of jesus telling us if we lose our lives and the what he's referencing there is our inner sense of self It's, it's not a verse about martyrdom per se or physical life it's a verse about our um our soul and psychological life our uh, inner sense of self, or you know, another way to say it is our our rights to write our own story. Um, he says, if you'll lose that, you'll find who you, you'll find your real life. And and what he's referring to is when we follow him, he brings us. He he, he number one, he confers upon us our truest identity. In other words, I'm not just uh, the, the the son of my parents or. I'm not just American, or I'm not just the pastor of Emmanuel, or the husband of my wife, or the grandpa of my children. I'm not just my skin color, or my performance, or my abilities. Really, I'm more than all of those things combined. I am who God says I am. And when I'm redeemed by Jesus, I'm a child of God, and I'm loved by Him. And I have a a calling, I have a mission that He gives me in this life. And so, the truest version of myself, the truest version of you or me, is the version that God wrote into his story. It's who he says we are. And so that book is really about um, how the gospel reshapes us, um, how the gospel sets us free from all the other worlds, the world's identity uh, factors and, and trying to categorize us. And it really elevates us in value that God places upon us. And so it's really designed, it's a book designed for someone that has experienced loss or personal confusion or maybe just wonders who they are or where they are in life, maybe experiencing some disorientation 
you know, COVID has done that for a lot of people. Um, the election, the civil unrest, we live in a confused day. And this book reminds us who we most deeply are. And uh, so anyway, that's, that's my most recent project. And it was a real joy to work on. Amen. I look forward to reading that. The, um, um, you know, a lot of folks and, and, you know, we, we, everybody likes to write their own story, but it's, it's really not up mm-hmm. to us to write that. And right. a lot of us think that, uh, we have, that we're in control, you know, we're, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a famous catchphrase for, for a lot of people you hear today is, Hey, I got this. I got this. Don't worry about yeah. it. I got this. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't have anything, and you know, I, I've right. I've certainly shared this story to my listeners before, but uh, uh, I'll I'll just briefly say here. But back in May of 2020, I had complete heart failure. Uh, it stopped. Oh it stopped beating, and uh, hmm. I was at church. I was on the live stream crew. We were in the middle of uh, COVID, and I guess I passed out sitting in the chair, and the pastor. He didn't know whether I was messing with him or whether I was dying. You know, so. He kind of he kind of wrapped it up, but they said, "Are you feeling okay?" I said, "No, not really." And my pastor's wife said, well, "I think you passed out." And so, one of the guys there at uh, at uh, on the sound crew was a nurse, and he put that Apple Watch with the EKG on it, and it looked like the dance of the sugar plum fairies, and then it went flatline. You know, just go flat. Oh wow! And so we ended up going to the hospital, and. Uh, uh, made it through the night, and uh, they did a heart cath the next morning. Said not good news. Said uh, we can't put a stent in. So long story short, I ended up with five bypasses, an aortic, an aortic valve replacement, and while they had my heart out, they found an aneurysm on my left ventricle. So wow. the doctor, uh, Doctor Chowdhury, who was an excellent surgeon, he says, "Well, you're really fortunate you had this heart attack." And I said, "Okay." He said, "We had never known about the aneurysm." And he said, if that had popped, he said, um, you would, uh, uh, you'd have bled out in five minutes. There would have been nothing anybody mm-hmm. could do about it. So, you know, when we look at things and we think, oh, I'm in control, I've got this, and, you know, you're a pastor of a church, and I, back in, uh, before I retired three years ago, I was a personnel manager, had six or 700 people I was quote-unquote in charge of. But we're not really in charge of anything. You know, we, right. we we don't even have any control over our next breath, you know. And uh, if if we can get that through our through our thick skull, and, uh, you know, since I woke up in the recovery room and figured out I wasn't in heaven, that I had survived the surgery, then, you know, I've just tried to look at every day as just an extra inning. And it doesn't matter. Yes. It doesn't matter whether your heart's blown up or not. Healthy people die. Healthy people get run over by trucks. You know. Uh, right. You know. Uh, people get COVID and die. There's lots of lots of different things. But you know, we need to let Jesus write our story because His story is much better than we could ever come up. Oh with. yeah. And His is the only true one. Right. Really. Right. I mean, when you think about it, if I'm writing my own, I'm just kind of making it up. Right. And in the end of time, he's king and he it's a new creation and he wins. So his story is the only one that's 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 really true and substantive and that fulfills any kind of real value or purpose. So it really just makes sense to say, okay, Lord, you can have mine and I'm going to follow you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you just stop to think about it, it makes perfect sense. But 
Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of folks that say, well, you know, I would I would follow Christ, but I'd have to give up this. I would do that, but I'd have to give up that. But you know, you 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 willingly give up some things when Jesus comes into your heart and legitimately lives in your heart. You know, and uh, well, they're not taking into account all the things they gain by no, following. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's a pretty good stopping off point for today. I hope you've enjoyed that conversation with Pastor Kerry Schmidt. Uh, wow, what a, a great man of God and a, a personable guy that has a lot of common sense when it comes to serving Christ. And we're so thankful that he saw fit to come by and chat with us a little bit today about that. Now, next week, we're going to finish this discussion with Pastor Kerry as we uh, uh, continue this interview. I hope that uh, you'll share this uh, podcast with your friends and uh, that, uh, you know, you can find Brother Kerry on the uh, Internet. Uh, Just look up Kerry Schmidt or Emmanuel Baptist Church up in Newington, Connecticut. He's got uh, messages online and uh, daily devotionals online. So they have a great work there in Newington, Connecticut. And I thought you all would enjoy meeting the author of Done. And we've done that. And like I say, next week we'll conclude this interview with Pastor Kerry. Well, I certainly hope you'll join us the next time that uh, we meet. But until then, have a great week. And may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. Goodbye.